Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. To pick up a free audiobook download, head on over to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Romlick. What's up, Big Daddy? Not much, man. What time is it? Back in the studio at 6.45 a.m. What time did you get up this morning? Uh, about 10 till 6. Yeah, same. About Maybe. 5.50. Yeah. So, Rick and his wife Candace stayed the night at our place last night. Yeah. Um, which was a surprise to me because I thought... They were going to go home and Rick kept saying, hey, all right, Candace, let's go. Let's get out of here. And she was giggling and I didn't know what yeah. was actually happening. And then they broke the nose to nose, broke the news to me. We broke Robert's nose. <laughs> that was the surprise. <laughs> broke the news to me probably around, what, 11.15 at night? Yeah, because I was ready to go to sleep. Yeah. You guys are saying, I was so excited. Okay, so here's the scoop. We're supposed to come over here and we're planning on staying the night, but we're supposed to come over here and record a couple episodes last night. But as I'm pulling in the parking spot, I realize I left my mic and all my equipment at home and like an hour away. That a boy, Rick. And I just was so frustrated. So we get in, Rob's like, hey man, you ready to record? And I'm like, nope, I'm not. I so, was joking. Yeah, I felt terrible. So then we uh, played some tennis, yeah. which was fun. I had dinner. Threw, threw my sweater over my shoulders. That's right. I had a nice little knot <laughs> right in front of my chest. Got uh, my, my highest pair of shorts and my white sneakers with some high tube socks. And we went out there and... Uh, we looked fancy. We looked fancy. <laughs> so anyway, um, then last night I drove back and Rob went with me, drove home and got the stuff, came back and decided to record this morning. So it's been, um, it's one of those things that's super frustrating, but hey, I'm glad it worked out. We were able to get our equipment and get what we needed and we're ready to go. Yeah, we're ready to go, but we are joined in studio with a guest (laughs) and his Uh, name is Neville, (laughs) named after the famous Neville Longbottom. Um, and he's my dog. Wait, what's Neville Longbottom? It's from, he's a character from Harry Potter. Oh, there go our ratings. You're a Harry Potter <laughs> fan. No one's gonna, no one's gonna listen to us now, Rob. I know, right? And he is freaking out right now because I just took away his squeaky toy. Do you actually have a toy that doesn't squeak for him? Yeah, it's right, it's right there. Right well, why don't you try and get that to him? All right, here we go. No. I mean, that's just. There you go. You can look at that. Because then you said you, you said that was a quiet toy and then it was squeaking. Yeah, so. well, well, I mean, it's actually Marcy and Kevin's. They left it here when they brought their dog. Okay. So. That's, yeah. Okay, anyway, let's get right to it because we, we have to record two episodes this morning. Yeah, we get, need to get cracking, actually. Yeah, we do. crack a lacking. And today, Rick, we're talking about... Yeah? Oh, today we're talking about church yeah. polity. You said that like you're going to like say something. I was expecting you to just finish my sentence. Okay. Well, you expected wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So today we are talking about church polity, church government, um, the way that churches are structured. So there's several different uh, 
types of these things, and we're going to get into those. But church polity, as we'll call it, deals with how churches are structured, um, kind of the the governing system. And every church has one, whether you realize it or not. And um, we will discuss why those things are important and how those structures work together. Not an expert by any means on these, but I think it's good that people understand why they're there and why it's good to know about them. First uh, Timothy 3 and Titus 1, and uh, what was that passage you mentioned? Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Talk about you know the, that the qualifications for overseers and the, the position of elders or overseer or bishop. Um, and so we believe in these different kinds of um, roles, or this role actually of overseer. And we believe that it's sussed out three different ways, and we're going to get into that. Um, but it's interesting, though, because people all have very different opinions and views on different church structures. Um, but almost all churches fall under three main structures, um, Episcopal, Presbyterian, and Congregational. And we're going to kind of suss those out. Um, Rob, why don't you talk, you want to talk about Episcopal? You just want me to go through these? No, yeah, I mean, I'll take Episcopal. Um, I mean, you might not want to read that verbatim. I know you're always like read the script, but I wrote the script and I just like wrote my thoughts. Do you want to take Episcopal? Yeah, I'll take Episcopal. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. So Episcopal is kind of the most um, unique, probably to most um, Protestant people, because it feels more um, Catholic in nature. So you know, there's the Episcopal Church. Um, under the structure, the Catholic Church will be under the structure. The Anglican Church, the I think the or, well, maybe not the Orthodox Church, but this is a view where there's someone at the very top, the Archbishop, and then under him are, are bishops. Then it's kind of a, a tier system with one guy at the top, um, which Catholic is going to be the Pope, right? Right. But the most Episcopal, it's, it's the Archbishop John Piper. Yes, yeah, he's the um, pinnacle for the Episcopalian Church. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who don't know John Piper, that's definitely not the case. Yeah, he's um, he's a Baptist dude. But so the interesting thing about it is that you know, as you look at the different um, local levels, they, a, a parish or a, a church body, they have something called a rector, and um, so the rector, the bishop, and then the archbishop are all ordained in the Episcopal Church. So they're all what they call priests in that form, um, and there's like obviously levels. So it's just an interesting development. As I looked as like for scriptural reference, there wasn't a ton of support for it. Um, what they were saying was it's this form actually comes out of what they saw in the New Testament developing, and they just kept on kept it going. Does that make sense? So it was like, yeah, hey, like- this is the apostles, and there's direct descendant to this guy, and the church was then passed down to this guy, and always having like that. Um, one key leader the whole yeah, way through. I think one of the passages, I don't remember the exact reference, but they talked about when Jesus sent out the 12, right. 12 apostles, and then from there they sent out the 70, 70 disciples. And so they say, like, there's one guy at the top, he sends out a few, and then over, or, and then those few, those 12, they're in charge of more, and then those more, those 70 or so, are, are in charge of the churches. And so that's where they would get the seed of Episcopalianism. Yes. But um, the whole full, fully embodied version of Episcopalianism you're not going to find in Scripture. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of um, support for it, scripturally speaking. Um, I think it can be effective. I think it can be, um, you know, sometimes it it works, but 
I would say it's probably not the, the most ideal structure out there. Um, but that's Episcopal structure. So the second one is similar to that, but it's called the Presbyterian structure. Um, this is a church governed by elders. So this is not like a single person, like a, a rector or a bishop or an archbishop, but actual se- several layers of, of elder boards. Um, it starts with the local elders, and those are that's called a session when you in, in the Presbyterian Church. I think in so, like in the, a local church, it would be called the the elder board would be called a session. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you in I think in like the there's a reformed congregation or reformed denomination that holds the Presbyterian structure. I think it's called a consistory or something like that. I mean Presbyterian but, PCA. Presbyterian Church of America, yes, and the OPC Orthodox Presbyterian Church, right? Solid denomination. Stay away from the PC USA; they're crazy. Um, <laughs> hey, Rob, there might be some out there. Statement, <laughs> <whole> denomination, <laughs> yeah. but they are. I mean, they've got some really wacky doctrine. But yes, they do. Regardless, the PCA and the OPC, yes, um, tend to all be very reformed. Yes, yes, it is a reformed denomination yeah. in general. But yeah, so the like I said, it starts out with levels of elder boards, local level, level excuse me, it's called a session, um, and that includes one person who's ordained by the Presbyterian church or denomination, and then the other elders are elected from the congregation. Now, it goes up from that local level to the next level um which is like a, a the presbytery they call it the presbytery which is a, a governing body over a certain region or so forth so it'd be like regional elders so correct so if there's disputes or issues it goes up to that regional level so not not um, to say that there actually is but it would almost be like a central ohio elder board yeah something like that okay okay and then the next tier is um a, a gathering it would be like a synoid and that's where they Again, synoid. A synoid. Is that what I said? A synod. I've always heard synoid. I've never heard synoid. Okay, synod. A synod. Yeah. All right. Like the synod of Dort. Synoid of Dort. No, 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 no. All right, all right. I'm going to look this up later. If it's synoid, then I then I apologize publicly, but I'm fairly certain it's synod. I mean, you're, 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 you would know. You're, you're in seminary. You probably but don't are not in Presbyterian to... seminary. <laughs> anyway, no, so I it's mean, just gathering. It, but... and, uh, and then the next, the final one is what they call their general assembly. So these people in the general assembly are elected from the presbytery to serve on that um, elder gathering. I don't, think, I don't think they call it a session at that level, but the elder board or whatever. And they are the final, say, um, but it's not like... From my gathering, from my understanding, the people who serve there, it's not like a 10-year thing. It's like a couple years. It rotates in and out. So um, that serves well to keep it fresh and to keep, you know, make sure that... Make sure there's fresh revelation. (laughs) Look what these guys found in the scriptures. Um, But no, make sure that it's not just the same old guys, you know, who have the same views. Um, So anyway, that's kind of how they break that. They pull a lot of that from Acts 15. To, to support this view, it talks about um, the council in Jerusalem and so forth, and um, it it feels more biblically biblically based than Episcopalian. Much more. But however, there's there also is could be an argument made that um, if you pull from Acts 15 for all of that, like then that like Grudem argues that 
then you're saying it's almost like one congregation rules among other co- all congregations based on um, that passage without really digging into that passage on this episode. But it's in- interesting. So I, I grew up the first few years in a Presbyterian church, and my dad was— Were you, were you baptized as an infant? No. Baby baptism? No. No. We were very not faithful Presbyterians. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a very different kind of Presbyterian experience. Um, but yes, not super familiar with it, but as a kid, you know, your phone going off there, buddy? It is. You know, important message. Yeah, somebody I work with just joined Marco Polo. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Marco Polo. Riveting. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Third form is congregational structure. Now, this is probably the most in-depth. Um, this is the most vague in some ways. This is the one that everyone agrees on how it should be run. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Congregational structure. Um, there's several variations to the system, and I'm going to list them out, and then we'll go through those. Okay. So, there's the single elder slash single pastor rule. Um, there's the pastor and deacons governed together, which kind of function like a, a plurality of elders. And there is the actual plural um, plurality of local elders. And, and then there's a corporate board structure. There's also peer democracy. And there's also no government, but just led by the Holy Spirit. Um, those last three, I think, are the corporate board, peer democracy, and no government, but the Holy Spirit. They're very much not supportive in scripture. Okay, so help, as I say, help me understand <laughs> so, each one of these. Corporate board, is that? Yeah. So that would be like very, very business model. There's an executive committee there at the top. They hire a pastor to run for the C- as a CEO, and that's it. Okay, so he's like a CEO, top dog. I mean, but, that pastor will still preach. He's- yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's the epitome of a pastor, but he's under the corporate board. So it's not like an elder board. Um so you would see this in some churches, okay? But you know, I don't know where you gather from that because it's not single elder. It's different than that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So okay. So help me understand. There's there's one guy at the top, yeah, and then there's like a like a, a almost executive committee just to kind of so so the, the top keep if, him you, in if, check you, look, or if what? you looked at at the top, it would be executive committee at top at the top, okay, okay, or the uh, corporate board. And then under him would be like an ex- a pastor, okay. Yeah. Then under the pastor would be the congregation. Okay, okay, gotcha. So that's sounds similar. I know it's not the same, but it sounds similar to the Presbyterian model where the there's the elders. Because I know that yeah, the teaching pastor at Presbyterian Church uh-huh. doesn't have an elder vote. So t- Tim Keller has talked about that mm-hmm. how he he doesn't have a vote, but he's the main teaching guy, which mm-hmm. is kind of strange to me but regardless that's how their their governance works but it, that almost sounds similar to this where the, the corporate board is up at the top and then beneath that is the right the guy but that guy would probably would he be on the corporate board i don't know okay but i would say that i don't think the corporate one i don't think the corporate board is elected oh well okay. maybe it is i don't know but also they don't function as elders they don't okay. view themselves as a, as an elder team so that's different than Gotcha. Congregation or presbytery, and yeah. there's not a higher body above them. So okay. That, yep. Yeah. And then help me understand the the pure democracy. Is this literally for Just, every decision? Yeah. The entire congregation yep. votes. Every, yeah. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. It would be an absolute nightmare. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's interesting. Side note: There's actually some cities or small villages in New England that still function this way. 
they can't get anything done. Well, I mean, maybe, they, I'm sure they, they probably way, appoint but. like village administrators, but there's probably like some kind of way they quantify certain decisions and they say, okay, we're going to vote on these. So like or color classify. the carpet. Yeah. We're going to have a meeting and we're going to vote. Yeah, pretty much. Ugh. Right. So that's crazy. Okay. So then there's then, no government but the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Is that just, <laughs> let's all get in a building and see what happens? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, and this is, oh, I mean, I think we can kind of see the results of that. Not too good. Yeah. Is that because the Holy Spirit's not good? No, it's because our human nature is not good. Yeah, exactly. And we, you you know, we, we believe, oh, the Holy Spirit's telling me this. Well, <laughs> Holy Spirit's telling Rob something else. Who's to say which one right. is the Holy Spirit? Um, and, and there's clearly no evidence or example of this in Scripture anywhere. Yeah. So, okay, in so, that congregational structure, those are the three less common ones. Right, or, that's why I put them at the bottom. Yeah, clearly good reason. But the three more common ones is, I think we should go over. So, help, help me understand the first one. There is a single elder slash single pastor rule yeah so it's it's um one elder one pastor or pastor functioning as an elder the overseer and i mean it's kind of his show to run now there's variation sometimes he could be um approved by the congregation i mean i was if it's true congregational rule then then he had to be approved or you know voted on by the congregation Unless he started, planted the church. Yeah. That'd be different. Um, so, again, there's kind of no... The hard problem with this is there's not a whole lot of checks and balances. Okay, so this would be like Moses on the mountain. Well, like Moses gonna, didn't have anybody to follow him on the mountain. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that like Moses goes up on the mountain, hears from God, and comes down and tells the people. And so, like, when I hear about this, this single pastor model, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like... The yes, illusion that people give, like this one guy, he's gonna yes, go to yeah, his yeah. study. Okay. He's gonna study, and he's gonna okay. tell the people like what the word says. And there's no checks and balances. No one like reviewing his sermons. Nobody. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's kind of um, a little church monarchy going on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, there's places in scripture where people can draw support for that and say yeah. it works. And, and sometimes Moses on the mountain. <laughs> no, I mean, even in the New Testament, but sometimes it, it, you're in a context where it's all you have, you yeah. know? And in that place, if you're in that situation, I, I would say you need to find other godly men, maybe in, in other churches, but or close around or something that you say, hey, I'm here by myself. I need accountability. I need guys checking in on me. I need guys reviewing my stuff um, because we are just, we're human. We're human. Yeah. Our human nature is, is broken. And to, let that go without having people around to check us. That's got is dangerous. That's got to be exhausting too, though. I couldn't imagine. I mean, it depends, you, well, it depends on the person. Some some people love it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, my personality, even even if it was just a, a smaller church, hundred people. Yeah. And a hey, Neville stuff. Neville find Neville saw himself in a mirror, started <laughs> growling at it. But even, even if it was a smaller church, right? Yeah, hundred people, and. You're the single guy. Like, that's 100 different souls that you have to shepherd, that you have to pastor, that yeah, you're, it's a lot. you're doing counseling sessions with. You're also trying to prepare a message. You're also trying to make sure that the church, all the administrative stuff in the background is taken care yeah. of. Like, that's a ton to put on one person. Yeah. I feel like I mean, that would contribute to pastoral burnout. I'm sure it does. Absolutely. Like, you have to be very good at delegating. You need to be very good at getting people on your team in this, in this um, structure here. Yeah, 
So yeah, that's it. The next one um, is a little bit different, maybe like a single pastor or elder, but with a deacon team. We see this primarily in, in Baptist churches where they have deacons, but their deacons actually function like elders um, or advisory committees. Um, so the pastor is the elder, but then there's they help make decisions. Which So what I would say to that is, I'd say biblically a deacon is not an elder. There's two offices. Elders and deacons are not the same thing. They're, and so to have deacons functioning as elders um, is not biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Uh, the phrase that I've heard with deacons and with elders is that elders serve by leading and deacons lead by serving. That's clever. Yeah. You I know, like that. I probably heard it from a Baptist. But <laughs> what, what they say is, is that deacons biblically are servants. That's they're, right. They're the lead servants. Yep. And elders are the leaders of the church. Right. And so both of them are leading in their own way. It's just. Correct. I think this model somewhat comes out of a single elder, single pastor role, but. With like a deacon advisory board. Well, like, hey, there needs to be some accountability. Like, there needs to be, okay, well, we have the deacons, and the deacons can help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a way of kind of pacifying that need for accountability. So we're at, at the end of the day, the deacons would provide advice, but. They would only provide advice. They wouldn't actually be the ones casting a vote for a decision to be made. Well, okay. So that, that single pastor at the correct. top would be the one who makes well, the decision. Well, again, there's so many variations. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there could be churches that function that way. There could be churches that function where the deacons do have a vote. Okay, and they're yeah. all equal votes, you yeah. know. But they're just, like, they're fully functioning as elders, but they're just calling themselves deacons. Um so that's that. So third one will be um, just a plurality of local elders. And I say local elders because, again, with the Presbyterian denomination or structure, um, there's several different elder teams or elder boards. This is just local elders. They are generally generally elected by the congregation, or they should be elected by the congregation, and they are the leaders. Yeah. And that would include the preaching or teaching pastor as well. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if the congregation... This is a congregational structure, so the power lies with the congregation. Correct. And so if there is a plurality of elders, then all those elders, like you said, should be approved by the congregation. Correct. So maybe other elders, so if there are three elders at a church and they recognize, hey, this guy fits the qualifications of an elder in First Timothy 3, Titus 1, Exodus 18, we think that he would make a great elder. They don't just go to him and say, hey, would you want to be an elder because we've already given you the thumbs up, you let us know. Like they may do that, but then they would present that individual to the congregation because at the end of the day, the congregation yes. has the final say. And they would say, look, we see all of these traits in this individual. This man seems to be exuding all of the traits in those passages. Mm-hmm. And we are not putting it to you for a vote. If there's anyone who would say no, then please let us know. Uh, let us know why. Let us know. And we'll go from there. But at the end of the day, they would lie in the hands of the congregation to decide. Yeah, and and especially with congregational structures, there is just, there's so many different ways things are done that it's hard to say, this is how this is done. I mean, there's just so many different variations. Um, but yeah, the elders are elected by the congregation. This is why it's important that, I would say it's important that there's term, um, not term limits per se, maybe term limits, but also just defined terms that it's not like, the Supreme Court, where once you're elected an elder, you're an elder forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, one, that's not a representation of the church after 10 years. 
or it probably shouldn't be. I guess your church should be growing and shifting in, in good ways. And two, there's other qualified men that need to be developed and t- to serve and to bear the responsibility of the church. Um, now, let me ask you this. Practically speaking, would you, would everyone on the elder board be on staff? No. Okay. No, I, mean, I agree. I agree. I think that's very wise, but, but explain why. Yeah. So, again, the heart behind, I mean, there's a lot of things, but one of the things of having an elder board, elder team, is that there's accountability. And there's, a, there's this odd tension between, um, we say, lay elders and vocational elders, so those who get paid which traditionally people call those pastors, teaching you know, youth, different things, but they serve and they have a vote on the elder team, elder board. Um, yeah, so with that, there is there has to be accountability, which I know it sounds weird, but we all know this to be true. Money just makes things messy. Yeah. Okay, you just, and I don't care how good you are, how sanctified you are, it just gets, it gets messy, and you need accountability. So having guys who are not employed by the church still on that team is, is vital what you see sometimes like huge churches and all the elders on staff like that's a that's a bit of a, a caution i would say um so it's just i don't think it's wise yeah yeah the other thing with this congregational structure again there's lots of variations but depending on the church structure it can be where they have all they have elders they have these different things but it's pretty much a single elder rule or sing yet yeah, a, a pastor rule where he kind of gets what he wants um people just kind of let him go maybe the elder the elder board is just kind of rubber stamping whatever he says um and if that's the case that's not healthy either it's it's better than not having elders but at the same time uh, the the elder team and that that pastor should be seeking to to have a, a healthy and vibrant elder team because I tell you the the stronger your elder team is the stronger your church will be yeah and um, it's a beautiful thing when it works well it's an it's an ugly thing when it works bad yeah like any other. right and so some of the support that people use for this um, structure they look at first peter 2 5 talks about the priesthood of all believers that's not just set apart but as believers in christ we're all ministers we're all part of the priesthood and then acts 6 talks about appointing local elders for the local church for their local needs not for bigger regional things but for the local needs then uh, matthew 18 about talks about church discipline this is conducted by the local church for that local body so they kind of use some i mean there's several other passages but those passages were kind of stuck out to me like clearly defining that it's a local body governed by local elders yeah yep no that's good so rick so rob you we've gone through those three models yeah i'm and you've done a great job explaining that you did a lot of research on it and you've done you've done great so far rick let's see if you can finish strong okay you're a jerk Hey, Rob, just tell us, Rob, why is this important? Okay, I was about to go there. (laughs) You took it right from me. Um, Okay, well, the first reason is that the church ultimately is the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we need to take great care to lead and guide it biblically. And so it's not like we can just go and be like, oh, let's let's throw some things at the wall and see what sticks. Let's, Let's try and try these different models because ultimately, like, eh, we really don't know how to do it yet. Let's just experiment a little bit and see what comes out well. Um, that's not the approach that we want to take with the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And 
God has given us instruction in the, in the scriptures, his word, as to what the biblical offices are. Yeah. And there's, there's two. It's simple. Like, he doesn't make it really complicated. He says there's elders and there's deacons. So let's get that right. And then from there, let's figure out the church government. What, what, what are some of the ways that it was done in scripture? And what we're, are, we're convinced of, what we're persuaded of, is that there's always a plurality of elders. And at the end of the day, the local body has the final say. Yeah. And so that's not real complicated. Like, yeah. we don't have to come up with a, a huge corporate structure to do this thing called church. And yeah. I, I so appreciate that about the scriptures. And I so appreciate that about God's heart towards his people is that it's like, like my people have messed up. They are sinful. They're fallen. And I'm going to make this thing as simple as possible. Like, here it is. And so I, I love that about God's heart. But ultimately, it's important because this is the bride of Christ. What else, Rick? Well, that was well said, Rob. I just oh. want to tell you, you did, you did a swimmingly well job on that. Don't try and one-up me in my compliments. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'd say churches that function biblically and in a healthy way do the best job of making disciples. And we are called to make disciples. We're called to, to be the body of Christ to the world. And I believe that that's done, um, it's never done perfectly, but it's done the best when a church is healthy and biblical. And that's why we need to think well of these things, and we need to invest in having a healthy and robust polity as a church. And then finally, I would say we serve a God of order. Yep. I don't know if, is that where you're that's, that's exactly where I was going. Oh, okay. So First Corinthians 14.33 says this, Since God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So, Neville, dude, you need to be quiet. We are totally taking him up. <laughs> what you guys don't realize is that this whole time, Rick and I have been trying to entertain Neville while recording because he just is so he's needy. so needy. We've been playing tug of war with him with his toys, and now he's like scratching around trying to find a toy that went under, uh, I don't know, a container. I don't know. I'm not but worried about needy. it. Anyway, yeah. serve a um, god of order. We serve a god of order, and so therefore, when it comes to the bride of Christ, when it comes to his people gathering, there should be order. And so... Found his toy. Well, dude. Now you really got him excited. Okay. Anyway, Rick. Hey, Rob, what's the main takeaways? <laughs> main takeaways. <laughs> this is really going off the rails quick. <laughs> yeah, so I would just say, one, learn about the structure of your church. You asked me. And be a part of it. You were, you were talking about going off the rails. So... <laughs> So it's important that, I mean, you're a part of a local body, so you have a structure, whether you realize it or not. Check it out. Learn about it. Um, show some interest in that and be a part of it. Yeah. And if, if you are listening to this episode and you're thinking, man, my church doesn't function in a way that I think would be the most helpful, then don't yeah. just complain about it. Don't, yeah. don't be someone who talks about your leaders, but actually go to your leaders. Talk to your leaders about ways that you think that... Uh, church polity could be more effective. Absolutely. And probably like you're not going to change. I mean, if you're in an Episcopal or Presbyterian setting, you're not going to change the yeah. polity. Um, but you can You can definitely submit to it. And you can, I mean, if it's a, if it's a Christ-centered, biblically-based church and they're preaching the Word, you can definitely submit to that and be a part of that and seek to, to be a healthy church in that. Um, but hopefully through this whole conversation, it, it, it's been kind of 
you've gained a deeper appreciation and understanding of the local church and the effort that that overseers and, and leaders put into this that you know people just did not just show up and say hey let's do this thing and you know find f- several different ways to do it there are distinctives there's reasons the ultimate reason is we want to be the body of Christ. We want to be effective in our mission. We want to give God glory. We want to be above reproach. And we want to take um, light into a dark place. So yep. that's kind of why we have these different things. But they are important. And I would say that a lot of effort, time is put into them. So we need to appreciate them for what they are. Yep. Absolutely. So if you, uh, you like today's episode, go ahead and share it with someone. Tell them about it. Think of someone who may also appreciate the Simple Theology podcast and let them know about it. Um, Go ahead and also leave us a rating on iTunes uh, or wherever else you may listen to podcasts. And if you do, if you leave us a review, we'll be able to see your name and we'll give you a shout out. Um, But if you don't want to leave a review, that's fine. Just hook us up. Leave us us a rating, please. Uh, You can contact us on Facebook at Simple Theology, on Twitter at Simple Theology underscore, and you can head on over to our website, simpletheology.com. Org. If you want to support the podcast, there's a link in the upper right of our website. Uh, it says support. And if you click that, that'll take you to our Patreon page and you can see how you can support us. Um, and then also, if you get the chance, check out Audible. We didn't mention Audible, but you heard it at the beginning of the episode. And if you get the chance, if you're looking for a good audiobook, maybe on Church Polity, um, you can check out some on there. We should, we'll put some... Uh, Do they have some on there? Well, we've got it on our resources page. On our resources page, if you guys go to our website and click the resources tab at the top, we have um, some books that we recommend on each topic. So you can head on over there, see a good book that you might be interested in. Go to audibletrial.com slash simple theology, and you'll be able to listen to that book for free. So head on over there, guys, and we'll get a little bit of kickback. So that helps us. Help us help you help us. Help us help you help us. That's right. Help you. Help you. That helps us. (laughs) All right. I'm taking level up. Peace out, y'all. Bye.